Amen, and uh, welcome everybody. It's cold out there. Uh, We've got a number of people here today that braved it out in this cold weather, so um, today I'm going to talk about faith, and so it took a lot of faith for you to get up this morning and actually get dressed and go outside and drive all the way here to church, so thank you for doing that, and uh, although I'm not saying anything against those who are watching it at home, uh, you know, I'm sure you've got faith too, but anyway, today I do want to talk about faith, and um, uh, we are often called you know, people refer to us as people of faith. Sometimes Christians will say to other Christians, keep the faith, brother, keep the faith, sister. And what I want to do today is explore the meaning of faith. What does it mean to have faith? What does it look like when we say that we are living by faith? What does that actually look like in everyday life? Um, And so the closest thing to a definition of faith in the Bible is found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And uh, I've got three different translations of it that will come up in the slides, but I'll just read the, the first one in the New International Version. And it says, now faith is confidence. Stop right there. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And I want you to notice in these other translations, you see words like confidence. This is what faith is. It's confidence, it's assurance, it's conviction, it's certainty. And it might even feel like proof to you. And so today I want to talk about the second of our core values. The church board recently approved seven core values for the church, and uh, I'm preaching about these because I, these are really important to the culture of our church and to how we uh, uh, make decisions and how we treat each other and how we move forward in doing God's work. Um, but this core value is called audacious faith. Dare to believe, folks. Dare to believe. Um, we all have hopes and dreams. At least we did when we were young. Uh, Some people have dreams um, and hopes uh, of going to university and getting a degree. Or maybe maybe you've had a dream of starting your own business someday. Or maybe it's to find, if you're a young person, maybe it's to find the person of your dreams that you're uh, going to one day get married to. And it might even be a dream to travel the world. And a lot of these are just personal dreams and hopes that we have for the future. And sometimes you'll hear people say, Well, just believe. And if you believe strongly enough, it's going to happen. And what they're talking about here is just simply the power of belief. It's what some people call positive thinking. When the Bible talks about faith, it's not talking about positive thinking. And it's not talking about just the power of belief. When the Bible talks about faith, it's talking about faith in God. A God who lives today. So I want us to look again at that uh, verse, chapter 11 of Hebrews, verse 1. and uh, It just says, faith is confidence and it is assurance. Confidence in what we're hoping for and assurance about the things we do not yet see. And so... I have a a definition of faith that um, the Lord helped me to develop 
years ago. I didn't Google this, uh, but it's just something that I've concluded. If you want to really know a concise definition of faith, it's this. Faith is confidence in the faithfulness of God. We sang two songs about that this morning. It's when you know in the very depths of your being that no matter what, God is faithful. And I'm wondering if all of you that are here today, who are here today, can you just say that out loud, just, just loud enough for me to hear you and for you to hear each other? God is faithful. Let's try that. God is faithful. That's what faith is. If you can, uh, that becomes the bedrock to your life, is if you really believe that, no matter what is going on around your, yeah, in your life. And so here's the goal for the message today. My goal for us is that we will choose or continue to choose to put our confidence in God for the decisions that we make every day. That when we're facing a decision that might be difficult or confusing, that we will pray first. We'll pray first. That's the first of our core values. Then once we have prayed and we know that God has revealed his will, then we will act on it because we know that God is willing and he is able to bring it to pass. Um, I remember uh, when I was a young Christian, it was probably like 1974-75, and uh, I don't know if I was married to Colleen, my wife yet, but uh, we were dating for sure and we were engaged. But I remember hearing sermons on tithing and generosity and about giving to your church and supporting the ministry. And honestly, I, I didn't have money to give. I, I was a student, um, and honestly, I really didn't have money to give. But what I did have, I just said, Lord, if it is your will for me to give 10%, I will do it. I'm not, because what I had learned by that point about faith is, you don't wait until uh, everything is perfect before you step out in faith. You do it now. Because otherwise it's not faith. If you say, well, I'm going to wait until I'm rich, until I'm making, you know, $150,000 a year, and then I can afford to be obedient to God. That's not how faith works. And we decided, Colleen and I, we decided back then that we were going to give a minimum of 10%. A minimum of 10%. We believe that's what God wants for us. And I encourage you to try that. And we give to our local church. If we want to give somewhere else, we give over and above. But that was, for me, honestly, it was a step of faith. Um, I remember in uh, 1988, I took a course on church planting, how to start new churches, you know, uh, to get, you know, to, to develop a ministry where there is no ministry. And I took a course, and I announced to a bunch of people, and I announced it to, I was living in Kansas City, and I told our district superintendent, uh, that back then in 1988-89, I said, I, I really believe God wants me to come back to Calgary and start a new church. And that church is still there today. It's called Skyview Community Church. Stuart Williams is the pastor. It was called New Life Fellowship back then. We started with no people except my family. That was it. For me, that was a huge step of faith. I was a youth pastor when I was in seminary, and uh, I was, I was half-time. And they offered me a full-time position. We loved Kansas City. Oh, by the way, you know, there's something special happening today. 
Uh, and uh, Kansas City Chiefs are playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this afternoon at 4.30, just so you know. Uh, but that reminds me, so I'm, I'm a little torn on the game, by the way, because I like the Buccaneers, but I, we lived in Kansas City, so I, I guess I can't be disappointed either way. But I'll, okay, enough of that. But here's the thing. When we were living there, and, and, and I felt this call to go back to Calgary, the church at that point in Kansas City offered me a full-time associate pastor position to stay there. We would have loved it. But I knew that God had called me to start this new church, and I did not know. I was prepared to, to have to be, uh, work part-time and to support myself, and I was prepared to do that. What happened is somebody on our district who has a lot of wealth heard about it and said, if Brian Roller's going to come to Calgary and plant a church in 1989, I will pay for the first two years of his salary, and I'll give him program money and, and advertising costs and all that, and he did. And we were self-supporting within two years. But that, for me, was a huge step of faith. And it was probably a bigger step of faith for you, Colleen, I'm guessing. And uh, like, she's like, what have I got myself into? You know. And, uh, but that was a step of faith for me. But I have to admit, I still, if I'm really honest with you, I still put too much faith in myself. I really did. I did not pray with desperation. Um, I feel like God might have done so much more if I would have prayed first before doing things. So often, I just launched out ahead on the assumption that God was just, you know, working through me without me having to pray and seek his will. And so prayer is really important in the walk of faith. It really is, folks. Um, prayer is how we express our dependence upon God. When I pray, it's like saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you to help me. And so when we pray, we're expressing our trust in God. When we pray, we're saying, God, please speak to me. Please guide me, direct me, show me the path. That's what it's doing. And saying, God, I can't do it apart from you. And that's why we do the hearing God classes, because I want people. And if you have never taken the classes, or if you've taken it and you've not, you're not applying it, take it again. I would really encourage you. It'll help you get so much more out of the Bible, so much more out of your prayer life. The last several years, as I've learned to pray more and to wait on God in prayer and listen for his voice, my faith has grown. I am more... I can dare to believe things that I would not have dared to believe several years ago. Well, I just uh, want to ask you about yourself. How strong is your faith in God? Faith is confidence in the faithfulness of God. How strong is your faith? Do you trust him with your life? Do you trust him with today and tomorrow? Do you trust him with the, some of the difficult choices that are before you right now? Is your faith audacious? Um, when facing a big decision in your life, what do you do? Are you able to, because you know what, when, when we have big decisions, if you're like me, you already kind of know what you want. You know, if you're like me, you probably know what the outcome is that you want. So let's say you're going to go buy a house, and there's two homes, and there's one that you really want, but it's a lot more money and a lot bigger debt. Would you be willing to say, God, 
not my will, but yours be done. And really mean that and be completely submitted, surrendered to his will. Um, pray first. You have to know that God has spoken before you can have audacious faith. And that's what prayer is about. So I want us to just examine Hebrews chapter 11 a little bit more closely. So after the little definition of faith in Hebrews 11 verse 1, the writer goes on to talk about the faith of Abel, Cain and Abel, Enoch, and Noah, and then he lands on Abraham, and he spends 12 verses talking about the faith of Abraham. When God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, we read about it, he said, I want to take you from your homeland, the place of your birth, and I, have, I want you to pack up your, all your belongings and your family and go to another country. And it was hard to travel back then and very dangerous. And Abraham, because of his faith, obeyed. Faith, and please hear this, it's saying, yes, Lord, before knowing the details. When I talk to people about the will of God, you know what I get so often? I say, does God want you to do this or do that? And they go, well, what's involved it doesn't matter what's involved, and it doesn't matter what the plan is, and it doesn't matter about the details. If you have heard the voice of God, and you know that it is his will for you, just take the first step. That's what Abraham did. He was willing to walk in the darkness and let God light his way. And then in verses 11 and 12, it tells us that Abraham's wife Sarah was able, would bear a son in their really old age. She was beyond childbearing years. Faith here was believing that God could do what was humanly impossible. That's why God says in Genesis 18 to Abraham and Sarah, he said, is anything too difficult for the Lord? And the answer, of course, is no. And then in verses 17 and 19, Abraham, his son now is born in their old age, his son Isaac, and God says, take your son, your only son, to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him there. And Abraham's thinking, but this is the son that you promised me that I would become a great nation. Well, why would I sacrifice him? Because then your promise couldn't come true. But you know what? He trusted God. And so sometimes faith means obeying God even when it defies common sense. Sometimes it does. But you better know that you've heard right from the Lord. And then in Hebrews chapter 11, 29 to 35, those verses, um, and they won't come up on the screen, but the writer gives more examples of faith. He talks about how the people of Israel passed through the Red Sea and the, the waters parted. And then it talks about how later when they got into the uh, land of promise, that they marched around the city of Jericho seven times, which really didn't make a lot of sense. And then God said, shout, and then the walls will fall down. And guess what? They just, they didn't overthink it. They just obeyed the voice of God, and they were victorious. And then it tells us about Rahab, and then it goes on and tells us about all these other people who lived by faith. And this is what it says about them in verse 33. It says, these people, because they had faith, because they put their confidence in God, they gained what was promised. They lived 
to see their faith rewarded. They were victorious. They experienced deliverance. They saw miracles. Now, they were rewarded in this life. But I want you to notice, and this will come up on the screen. Look at these next verses here, verses 35 to 40. And uh, it says here, it says, women received back their dead, raised to life again. Okay, so stop there. Now then it says, but then there were others. Hmm. Others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better Resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. It keeps going. Some, it says, they were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated, and so on. Now think about this. The people that he had just talked about in the previous verses were victorious, they were delivered, and they saw miracles. And they were people of faith. But these people, from verses 35 to 40, it says they were mocked, beaten, tortured, imprisoned, executed, destitute, wandering aimlessly in the wilderness. Now, how can that be faith? Because you know what? If you're part of the prosperity gospel movement, you would say, well, you know, those verses should be stricken from Hebrews chapter 11 because if they had really believed God and trusted him and had a strong enough faith, a deep enough faith, God would have given the victory and delivered them and they would not have been mocked, beaten, tortured, and so on. Obviously, their faith was pretty weak. Uh-uh. Not at all. And I would never argue with Holy Scripture so what we need to know about audacious faith, a bold faith, is this. Two things. It means two things. Number one, it means boldness to act. When you hear a word from the Lord, we call that chrema. When God speaks a clear word to you from Scripture, Maybe when you're just walking about doing grocery shopping and somehow the voice of God just impinges upon your mind and you feel the leading of the Holy Spirit. And when you hear that rhema, R-H-E-M-A, that's how that's spelled. Even if it doesn't always make sense and even if it seems to go against the grain of your personality, you say, yes, God, I'll do it. There's a lot of instances recorded in Scripture where a woman or a man of God is given a task or a mission that is usually scary. It's beyond their capability. It's kind of what we in the church today call a God-sized ministry. Do you Believe God for something that is God-sized, that would be absolutely impossible unless he was with you. We see people that are bold in their faith in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. I told, already told you about the people of Israel marching around the walls of Jericho, and they took the city. 
Um, David, the shepherd boy, confronting Goliath with such boldness. In the New Testament, we see it. The apostles, Peter and John, when they're preaching in Jerusalem and they are commanded by the high court, the Sanhedrin, to say, stop preaching in the name of Jesus right now or you're going to be sent to prison and you'll be tortured. And they said, we cannot help but preach about what we have seen and heard. Boldness to act. And then later it says they went back to the other disciples and they lifted up their voices in prayer. And they said, Sovereign Lord, you have heard the threats against us. And here's what they prayed. Now, Lord, give us boldness. And the place was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit again. Boldness to act. I think about us as a church. Are we, do we have that kind of audacious faith where when we know that God has spoken because we did pray first and we listened and we said, Lord, not our will but yours be done, that we would have the boldness to act no matter what because we know that God has spoken and said, this is the way, walk in it. Um, it forces us to face our limitations and fears and to overcome them by faith. But here's another meaning to faith. So faith is boldness to act, but secondly, it's the courage to suffer. And that's what those other people, in Hebrews 11, 35 to 40, where it says some of them were tortured, beaten, and mocked, and all that. You see, there's two expressions of faith. One is the boldness to act when God speaks and you know it's him. The second is the courage to suffer even in the face of opposition, persecution, and death. To say that that's the kind of faith that many of the martyrs had, the Christian martyrs, for 2,000 years. No, they were not delivered. No, in the world's eyes, they were not victorious. They were tortured and killed. But they were victorious. We see it in the life of the Apostle Paul. You know, he, he goes to some of these cities and he's run out of town. He's for, you know, after he's beaten up and left for dead, what does he do a little while later? He goes back. He had the boldness to act and he had the courage to suffer. Folks, that's what faith is. So a face, audacious faith teaches us these two things. To accept a task or a challenge that's above our pay grade because we know God has spoken. It also means to persevere in the face of adversity, to not lose heart, and to not give up when the going gets tough. We see it in the life of Moses. And I'm not going to stop and, and have us look at this right now, but I, I would really challenge you to memorize verses 24 to 28 of Hebrews 11, where Moses, it says, it says he persevered because he saw him who is invisible. How do you see him who's invisible? Through the eyes of faith. And it says he was looking ahead to his reward. It's like an Olympian. You know, they're doing all that training. 
I mean, they're paying a big price because you know what they're doing? They're looking at the things unseen with the eyes of faith. And, you know, and they're looking ahead to that day when they would stand on that podium and receive their gold medal. That's just human faith, though. That's not faith in God. So I want to encourage you as a member of this congregation to exercise audacious faith when you know that God has spoken to you. Dare to believe what seems unbelievable. As we dwell upon Hebrews chapter 11, which is the story of faith of our forefathers, those who went before us. This is what it says in the Bible, in Romans chapter 15. It says, such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. When we read chapters like Hebrews 11, it's meant to teach us. So what does all this have to do with us then? Just as God was with those people that we read about in Scripture, so he will be with us if we will pray first, hear his voice, and let the Holy Spirit direct us. And if we will dare to believe. Our mission as a church, let's all say it, making Christ-like disciples with a heart for God and a passion for people. Those of you that know me know that I am committed to this. I am passionate about it, and it begins with my own walk with God. I cannot take you on a journey that I'm not on myself. So let's pray first, and let's listen for God's voice and say Lord show us what to do show us what decision to make direct us guide us and listen when Moses was at the burning bush do you remember what happened he was a simple man and not an eloquent man and God said Moses I am sending you to Pharaoh of Egypt to deliver my people. Now go. And what did Moses do? He did what I would have done. He made excuses. But, 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 but God, I, who am I? It, and I'm not eloquent. I, I, I'm not a speaker. Have you ever made that excuse? Who am I? I'm just little old me. How could God use me? And what did God say to him? Moses, doesn't matter who you are. It's who I am. I will be with you. And I will be with your mouth. And I will show you what to say. He ended up giving him his brother Aaron to be his spokesman. And that's why it says in Hebrews 11, verse 6, without faith it is impossible to please God. 
I want to be pleasing to my God. And the only way is to say, Lord, teach me to live by faith, to dare to believe your word and to act upon it. I'm going to say this right now. In this church, we've come through a difficult year like many churches, most churches, all churches. I'm going to make an audacious claim. Is we already have right now everything we need to do the will of God. I'm going to ask you if you believe that. This church, First Church of the Nazarene, and you personally already have everything you need to do the will of God. Do you believe that? I do. I have his Holy Spirit. I have the power of prayer. And God will say, all you need is to take the first step of obedience. If God has promised a couple, a married couple, a baby, and they know that they're going to have a baby, even though they've tried and they haven't been successful and the doctors say it ain't going to happen, if you know that God has given you a promise, guess what you do? You start setting up the nursery. That's faith. If God is telling you that he wants you to go witness to somebody at work or in your neighborhood, or if God says, I want you to disciple somebody, I want you to take another person under your wing and mentor them, here's what faith is. Faith says, yes, Lord, now show me what to do. It doesn't say, oh, wait, Lord, uh, before I say yes, I need to know the plan. Uh -uh. Because if God has called you and you've heard his voice clearly, that's all you need to know before being obedient. If God tells you to start a small group, that's all you need to know. If you know you've heard the voice of God, that's all you need to know to say, yes, Lord, then you go about figuring out how to do it and not actually figuring it out because God will show you if you'll wait upon him. And so audacious faith is the boldness to act, but it's also the courage to suffer if we're called upon to do so. So here's what I want us to do, and then we're going to pray. I want you to think about some decisions you're facing right now. Could you just, like, we're all facing some kind of decision. It might be about purchasing something. It might be about a career move. Uh, it might be about a ministry. It could be whatever, a relationship decision. So here's the homework. Would you say to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to pray first. Would you just make that commitment right now? Say, Lord, I'm going to pray first. I'm going to seek your will. I'm going to inquire of you before making these decisions, just to give you the opportunity to speak into this. Would you be willing to say, Lord, I am submitted to your will. Your will, not mine, be done. And then ask him to reveal that will to you. It might happen when you're reading your Bible, when you're uh, in prayer, when you're shopping, when you're driving your car, but just there, you will have then a spirit of openness to God's voice that maybe you didn't have before. So if you're, these decisions that you're facing, would you say, Lord, I'm going to pray first. The second thing I want to ask you to do about these decisions, once you've received God's direction and you know that he's called you to do something, to make a certain decision, it's good to go talk to another believer, a mature believer that you respect, and just make sure you got it right. 
But once you know that you've heard from God, then would you dare to believe? Well, imagine a church. Imagine your life if we would put our confidence in God, because that's what faith is. Confidence in the faithfulness of God. Because we know that if God gives a command or a promise, he is willing and he's able to bring it to pass. I imagine how it would influence our board meetings. We already pray at our board meetings, our committee meetings, our meetings with our pastoral staff, our life groups, our Bible studies. If we say, we're going to pray first and we're going to dare to believe when God has spoken. Making decisions that are not based upon our fears, our weaknesses, our limitations. But we make decisions and we act based upon the word of God. So I want to invite you to pray with me. Father, I thank you for Hebrews chapter 11 and for these, this, this account of these people who had the boldness to act and they were victorious, they were delivered, they did see your miracles, but also for those, Lord, who had faith, but they were beaten, tortured, mocked, and even put to death. May we be willing to act and even to suffer if need be because we have a faith that is audacious. Would you just pray right now and just say, Lord, this week, would you reveal to me in the decisions I'm facing, would you reveal your will to me? Would you help me to not move ahead without first being patient and to wait for the Lord? To stop and pray first. Lord, I am willing to, to pray first and to wait upon you to give you the chance to speak into that decision. May your will be done, not mine. And Lord, would you give me the boldness, the courage to act upon your word no matter what it might cost me Lord I offer myself to you today as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God for this is my spiritual act of worship in Jesus name Amen and now I just want to leave you with a benediction that's based on Ephesians chapter 3, right at the very end. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus forever and ever throughout all generations. And all the people said... Amen. God bless you.